And we're off. This is exciting. We're wrapping up our Masters preview week here on One Night in Pinehurst. Maddie, how are you feeling? It's it's Christmas Eve here in uh, in One Night in Pinehurst. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, every any any place that cares about golf world. This well, has been a this has been a prodigious week for us. We got a, we've had, we've done a lot this week. I'm proud of us for uh, sticking sticking with it because it's been three in a row. You don't see a lot of podcasts doing three in a row like that. That's, oh, uh, that's I think bad. there's the Ringer. I think there's maybe ESPN does it, and I think it's one night in Pinehurst. So I think we're in the trifecta there in that's terms of media. Real, that's a real nice cohort to be in. So it, no, well, it's awesome. Eight a.m. tomorrow. We're twelve hours away officially. <laughs> We have some awesome guests tonight, and we've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. It's been 20-plus years in the making. We've got Andy Jacobs. Uh, I first met him probably on, what, the 11th hole at Indian Ridge Country Club in Andover. Um, in between our houses, uh, he'd you know tee off on 11 and meet me up by the green, and then we'd, we'd uh, sneak on to 12 and play a par 3 and um, I would always put it as close to the hole as humanly possible. And that would be about 65 yards away. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, long, long. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it was like 110 yard part three, but, yeah. um, so Andy's here tonight and we have Bree Vega or Bree Blakefield. I'm sorry. I knew, I, <laughs> I knew you would do both. Screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bree Blakefield. Uh, former amateur, professional women's golfer, um, winner of Big Break. I don't know which season. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We're we are absolutely thrilled. Yeah, this is awesome, Bree. You've got some great uh, behind the scenes, Masters Augusta, good stories for us. I'm excited to hear some of those. And Andy, I believe you've got some picks in the hopper for us, which is going to be real nice. So let's uh, let's see where this goes. Thanks for coming. Love it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good to be on board, 100%. So tell me, Andy, where did you start to, you know, fall in love with the sport? What what got you excited? What are you most excited for this year for the Masters? Yeah, well, um, personally, I I suck at golf, but I love the game. I'm obsessed with it. I Same. used to work on the golf course. It was my uh, first basic 40-hour-a-week uh, job uh, during spring breaks in college, uh, summers between freshman uh, year in college to sophomore year in college. I actually started in high school, actually, junior junior year in high school. And then moving forward, um, if you had told me that I would love watching golf every weekend on the television set as a 15 year old, I would have told you, uh, well, something went wrong at some point, but now <laughs> I love watching golf every day in the afternoon, uh, on the weekends, the, uh, the gambling aspect definitely makes it, um, even more intriguing, but yeah, Mike, to answer your question, you know, I, I basically got hooked on, uh, golf, watching, playing video games, you know, obviously coincided with a guy named Tiger Woods, you know, lucky enough where we had friends play, play golf. So it's always a good social activity. It's good to watch on television. And, you know, the Masters, uh, you know, I told you this when we were 17, 16 years old. This is the perfect time of year. It started last month 
with the March Madness College Basketball Tournament. And then we, it goes into the, the Masters. Then we're going to have winter uh, NBA and NHL playoffs. And the next thing you know, it's summer. So great time of the year from the sports calendar standpoint. Yeah, it's a nice stretch. It's the kickoff. Mm-hmm. And so your timeline coincides with Bree being, you know, were you the first female golfer on like the men's golf team at Andover High School? I, I think there was one girl before me and well, I'm really blanking on a name, but it was Mark McCumber's niece. Oh, interesting. Mark McCumber. So I think he was on the senior tour or something yep. at the time. Um, I think she had just been there. But I don't know how much she played, but so maybe I might have been second. I remember it being a huge deal, right? Like you don't see a lot of, you know, female golfers and you're competing same rules, same, you know, and you've probably gone up against that most of your career um, in in the golf world. Like what was your, you know, uh, reception? Like how, how did you feel like going into that world? Was it, was it completely different for you or were you like, okay, I've done this a million times. I'm, I'm ready to compete at this level. You know, like I was so nervous. So when we moved to Andover, I was in eighth grade and I tried out for the golf team. Cause my parents were like, you're just going to try out. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to, I was the only girl. It was so awkward, but I really fell in love with golf and playing when we moved to Andover and we were members at Andover country club and there was a bunch of guys, uh, you know, kids at the time, boys, Alex Berger. And we just meet up there and like play. And I'm like, wow, there's like kids my age that played. So we all like kept playing. I was like, I'm kind of into this. I like it. So I tried out for the golf team. I somehow made it. I have no idea how member it being horrendous. I, I don't know if I even broke 90. I have no idea. It was terrible. Maybe it was like a mercy rule that I got on. I have no idea, but <laughs> I, I got better as I, I went um, and I didn't play. I played one match at Andover um, and I had to play from the men's tees and it, it was hard. It was, it's so awkward being just the only girl. And at the time they didn't have a girls team. Obviously we played from the men's tees. It was hard. You're kind of at a disadvantage when you're like a little high school girl, you know, buttoning mm-hmm. around. Um, but I think that really helped uh, when I went to college. Um, playing at a longer tee, um, playing longer yardages, um, and being around guys playing, I definitely improved the most. Um, and by the time I left high school, I mean, obviously I I got a college scholarship and improved drastically in a short four years. Um, but I mean, it was fun. And ironically, I'm I'm sure you guys know Rob Oppenheim, like we're really Mm -hmm. good friends still to this day. He's like, best buddies you know buddies with my husband i see him all the time it's just like such a small golf world yeah it's just it's crazy we were talking about that yesterday actually now that you bring it up um just you know how very how few people make it to that level yeah and how many people are trying there's i mean there's multiple tours i don't i'm not 100 familiar with how many of them there are on the on the women's side but i assume it's the same right you've got something like the corn fairy you've got q school you've got all this stuff and it's not very many people make it through so it is funny it probably does feel like a small little fraternity yeah it's crazy so like especially for the guys there's so many guys that are so good and there's limited spots uh and obviously the pga tour if you can make it to the pga tour it's easier to keep your card than it is to get your card Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a corn fairy tour there's canadian tour there's a Latin American tour. There's all these little feeder things, but there's more guys than there are tours. And yeah. I mean, there's so many great guys. Same thing with the girls. I played on the Symmetra tour 
um, and now called Epson tour. And it was a feeder for the LPGA. And it's just the same thing. There's just not enough spots, but a lot of talent, but I'd say the women's game is getting deeper, but it's not as deep as the guys for, for talent. Um, AJ, Andy, yes. um, are you betting on any of these, uh, feeder tours? <laughs> yeah. Are you are not you quite the, uh, the, I do bet DP tour. Uh, I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the, uh, just the names to keep in mind, Tom McKibben, they call him the next Rory McElroy. Oh. He, uh, he grew up in North Hollywood. He's just a baby. He's literally only 20, 21 years old. And you can get him at, you know, 45, 50 to one. And so I'm just going to bet him every DP event. And eventually he's going to win. And I'll be like, well, as long as it was under 50 times, <laughs> you, you get your units back. But I am not quite ready to bet. Um, yeah. Corn Ferry Tour. You, you probably have to dig real deep to find odds <laughs> there. But um, that doesn't take away from, you know, I, I do watch a lot of the KFT stuff uh, late summer, especially when yeah. it's like the fall series and yep. they're, they're yep. grinding out to get those 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 cherished tour spots. That's when you know you're a golf fan, when you're seeking out any golf you can find on at any point in time outside of like the the, the core season. And I've been there too. I remember watching, it was in the fall. There was some tournament. I think they were in Washington in the mountains. And I was like, this is great. This is golf. It's, I'll watch it. I don't care. So I get it. I don't know how to gamble on it, but I definitely know where to find it. So that's half the battle. So Bryn, you were, you just got back from Augusta. You've been mm. doing some on-field reporting for one night in Pinehurst here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your, the experience there. You told us backstage, but tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what you saw there, what the experience is like, because most of us will probably not step foot on the Augusta uh, green. We won't be able to smell the azaleas in full bloom. Um, tell us a little bit about the experience there, what what you took away from it. And and any any hints you might be able to give to AJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are giving you some inside info on players. Uh-huh. I mean, I got some hookups, so might have to help <laughs> you out there. Um, I mean, it's we're so spoiled that we get to go to the Masters. So both my husband and I are PGA Class A members and part of being a PGA class A, you get free master's tickets, which is incredible. I mean, we can go any day, all day, every year. Um, so, you know, we go there and we, we don't care so much about watching everybody hit shots and stuff, but just taking in the atmosphere, seeing the golf Mm -hmm. course. Um, I mean, this was my third time there and seeing the course still is just so awesome. I feel like it's kind of like golf's like holy ground, if you will. Mm. Like it just feels like a pilgrimage to make it to Augusta. Um, and the course in person, you just get such an appreciation for all the undulation and the hills and everything. It's just, it's awesome. Um, so we hung out on the range for a little bit, spent a good time there. You know, we were kind of interested in watching how the live guys were interacting with the PJ tour guys, just with the mm-hmm. drama, just cause yeah. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, the first time everybody's been back together. Some guys won't ever come back to the masters based on world ranking points at this point, unless something changes. So unless the guys have won already, they're not coming back. Um, but I mean, most of the guys I would say were pretty friendly. Um, like Zach Johnson was talking to Bryson and everybody's, Everybody loved Harold. He's talking, he's just holding court out there in the range. I would say Phil Mickelson was kind of a lone ranger out there, hitting balls, 
nobody was really talking to him. Um, and I would say he wasn't hitting it great. I, I would not probably bet on Phil this week. I could yeah. be wrong, but that's just my personal We're in. It's it's an uphill battle for him for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, if you've been watching his live scores, I mean, I don't know. And and again, like these guys who play in the live, it's great. I feel like it's an exhibition tour. I don't know how people feel about the live tour. Mm. I feel like it's very divided. Um, but it's an exhibition tour. It's not a golf tour. They're just having fun. They're playing golf, getting paid a lot of money. Yep. Uh, so, but it was great to be at Augusta. It was super crowded, and um, it's probably the most crowded I've ever seen it in the other two times I've been there. Spent a lot of time in the merchandise tent, mm-hmm. um, you know, fighting people for stuff. We got a gnome. Apparently, I don't know if you guys have heard about the golf gnome. No. About gnome? no. Oh, no. my God. You're going to have to look up this gnome thing. Okay. Oh, There's this, this 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 gnome, and it is hideous. It is like a 12-foot gnome, and it looks like an ugly, like, little Santa Claus golf tourist. And I, I think it started in 2016, and these things sell out so fast. So we got there and we we're in the merchandise line at like, I don't know, 730. This is so embarrassing to tell, actually. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, one of our friends really wanted this gnome. And we're like, we're going to get you this gnome. So we get in there and I'm like, I know where it's at because I read all these articles. We shimmy back there and there's these gnomes. We're like, we might as well get one per person because you're allowed. So we got one. We got one for a friend. And apparently these things are $49, his old 12 foot Santa Claus guy. And they go for like 500 bucks on eBay. Uh-huh. People are like killing people for gnomes. So we get out of there and people are staring at us and they're asking us when we got in line and when we grabbed our gnome. And I'm like, we got to get to the car. I got to get rid of this gnome. This is like super embarrassing. <laughs> we got the master's gnome, but you're going to have to look that up later. I'm I'm reading about it now. And apparently, so they change the, the look um, every year a little bit. They change it annually, yeah. but it's crazy. Yeah. It's just like you described it. It's, it's basically like a gnome tourist. This is crazy. They restock them the whole tournament. And then as soon as it's over, it's over and there's nowhere to get them. So it's a scarcity yeah. thing. Yeah. So they, like they only have so many per day and they don't tell you how many there is. And they, it was sold out. We left the merchandise tent and, like 30, 45 minutes later. They were gone. Like none to be found. And when I went to check out, she's like, this is my first gnome I've ever checked out. <laughs> oh, great. People love gnomes. They're, they're <laughs> like little mythical. I get it. I, I, I don't get it because I've never been there, but I get it. <laughs> I kind of get it. Why it's it's rare. There are many of them, and it's kind of yeah. like a fun random thing. And it's a it's a great story. You could literally break any any conversation ice with that story if you were talking. exactly. So I I felt like you needed to know that. That seemed like pertinent <laughs> information about my yeah. listeners are going to appreciate every <laughs> That's fantastic. single second of it. Um, <laughs> I need to know. Um, did you get a pimento cheese sandwich? And is that like the go-to there? And how, like, can you get, how many do you have there? Yeah, like, like no, I would they're, probably they're just like a, stack up. Like 50 cents. You can eat as many yeah, as you know. A dollar 50. You just go through this concession line. It's the cheapest food. Everything's great. You have that, um, the egg um, salad sandwich. I mean, you just keep going. I mean, you have to, if you go get a beer, you got to get a pimento cheese sandwich. It's just like, it's right there. It's a dollar 50. Yeah. Gibby, that's what you kept saying to me in Piners last year. Every time I turned around, you had another type of pimento uh, item. You just kept going. This, it was this it was past year. Yeah, this past year was crab cakes. I I tried to set my <laughs> over under on Polly's Island at like thirteen and a half crab cakes, but the flight got in late for four day week. And I think I only got to like six, but um, we did order everything that had crab on it on the menu uh, one night. So it was a good bid. Um, so 
AJ, give me a couple guys that you are hearing about, you're reading about, you're seeing the odds on that that you really love for for this weekend coming up. Sure. Uh, if you want the goofy, superstitious slash, well, he's got the uh, pedigree. He's done it before there. He's also got some demons there. I am going to uh, make a um, modest wager on Jordan Spieth at 15 uh-huh. to 1. Now, why? Um, again, he's he's got the green jacket. He uh, he has completely melted down there before in 2016 when Danny Willette came out of nowhere and, and took the green jacket from him. Mm-hmm. But there's this little uh, holiday called Easter that uh, Mr. Spieth has won back-to-back Easter Sunday. He won last year at the uh, RBC Heritage, and he won the year before uh, at the Valero in San Antonio. And so he, he's kind of a horse for the, that, for the course at Augusta. Yeah. And at, I think at 15 to 1, I think you're actually, you, you know, you're almost getting, his odds should actually even be maybe like 20, 25 to 1, if we're being honest, in my opinion. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm going to lean Spieth. You know, if you want to be a little more conservative, you could probably just bet him to finish in the top 10 yeah. or top 20. Um, but if you want to, you know, have a little gusto, bet Spieth 15 to 1. You know, if you want to be really square, there's nothing there's wrong with being, being square, square and, and, and going, <laughs> going with uh, Scotty Scheffler, um, you know, defending yeah. champion, great form, already kind of. Uh, blew the competition to smithereens in uh in sawgrass you know what's strange about john rom is everyone said he was the best player in the world and he was arguably in the beginning of the year when he had won three events and basically the first five that he played but he's kind of been a little erratic he didn't do much in the match play he withdrew with an upset tummy in the players so you know he's not really trending but then again it's john rom he could turn it on in a uh, a light switch. Uh, two other guys, I guess I'll rattle. Um, yeah. I look for Xander Shoffley to have a bounce back. He missed the cut last year, but previously he's, uh, I think he finished like tied for three, tied for five. He was right there, um, you know, a couple of years ago when Matsuyama won it. Um, mm. Shoffley hit it in the drink, I think, on 16. And so he, he you know, He's got unfinished business at Augusta, in my opinion. And then kind of a long shot would be maybe someone like Min Woo Lee. Now, a mm-hmm. lot of people say, you know, stay away from people that, you know, haven't played Augusta that many times. Now, Min Woo, he only played it once, but he tied for 14th last year. And then Scotty Scheffler, as we mentioned, he, you know, before last year, he had played it twice and then he won it last year. So I think the way these new guys, you know, they're, they're not, you know, obviously they know they, they need to know what Augusta is and all that stuff. But I think the um, well, I have to play it for, you know, four editions of Augusta before I can win. I think yeah. some of these guys have kind of bucked that trend. So just just long story short, just, yeah, those those three guys. I basically. I, I think, you know, to that point, and I, I agree. And we've talked about this and it's been um, belabored out there a ton. If you haven't experienced Augusta in some capacity, it's really hard to win there. I think Bud had a stat for us yesterday. I don't think there's been a first time, uh, a, de- a debut winner there in Since a while. Zeller. 
Yeah, a long time. So I get that. That's a little history lesson. Thank you. But Min Woo is kind of feels like one of those guys who doesn't really care. Like sister is a star on the women's tour, not like shy. The spotlight probably won't overwhelm him. I, that's a that's not a if you're gonna go with one of those guys, I feel like that's a good pick. And Xander's got the right game for that course. Like he definitely he hits the ball. He, his iron play is usually really good. And he's awesome so around the greens. One like thing that. you brought up, Maddie, on on Monday. Xander, like there was a report, yeah, he had missed like he missed more putts than he made on the practice. Yeah. And I'm curious, Bree, like as you're prepping for a tournament or for a, an event or, or something, you know, that your nerves are going regardless, right? <laughs> um, so talk us through that a little bit. And like if you're not practicing well the week leading up to it, does that play into the game? Or is that like, hey, I had a crap week of practice, but I was able to turn it on in a second or two. You, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Like I almost feel like, um, like thinking back to when I was playing, like if I was or like even before a round, if I was hitting the ball good before a round, like thought that was bad luck or playing really well yeah. and practicing leading up to the tournament, not loving it. I'd rather be struggling just a little bit. So you're a little sharper and paying attention more to what you're doing. Just you're a little bit more, you're, you're not on cruise control. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, so like leading up to, if you're working on something, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to not be playing great early in the week. Cause Hey, it, you're going to miss some putts in the, yeah. in your practice rounds. You're getting a feel for it. Your nerves are turned on, but you're going to be more sharp when you teed up on Thursday. In my opinion, that's how mm-hmm. I felt. I never wanted to like get to the range on Thursday morning before a golf round, you know, a tournament round and be like, man, I'm striping it. No. Yeah. No, I want to, I want to feel a little pressure and like be paying more attention, but maybe I'm just a little weird. I mean, I mean, you'd love no, to no, I think that's, you know, it's great feedback too. I'm curious. So we don't need to hear, you know, I don't want to ask you the whole story of the big break, but I do have some questions as you talk about some of your golf career and like, is that a highlight for you? Is that something you shy away from? Like, I was on TV. I was on, you know, the golf channel. It was a big deal. There was someone there that was hosting, et cetera. Um, you know, what, what is the reception? What's your reaction to that experience now? Well, seeing how my kind of playing competitive uh, career is over, <laughs> that seems to be my, my highlight. So I should probably hold on to that one. You should. <laughs> so I thought maybe at the time, at, like maybe I was going to, move on to something else being my highlight, like winning a US Open, but that didn't happen. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm proud of that. It was a great experience. Um leading up to that, um I had played in a US Open as an amateur and you know I played in a US Open in 2009 after I'd filmed the big break. And I will tell you honestly, on the big break, I was more nervous than any other time I've ever played golf in my life. Um and I think it's because it was it's different. It's um, in golf, you can kind of redeem yourself with another shot, but big break was all or nothing. Like you could just have a five foot putt and that means you're on or off the show. And yeah. part of that, and part of that might not have gotten the best results of winners or some people should have made it further because of that. But that was just kind of the nature of the show. Um, and that's kind of what happened, but honestly, that was the most nervous and the most I've ever felt in my career. Um, and I've played hundreds of, of golf yeah. tournaments and, and been in contention before to win a you know a, a symmetric tour event but uh big break was some serious pressure and it, it was fun 
and it was crazy and um it's fun to look back on it it's kind of hard to watch yourself you know <laughs> however many years later it's a little cringy but I mean it was really fun and it's something I'm, I'm proud of but I mean I think I'm most proud of the U.S. Opens I played in but yeah. going back to nerves and the pressure I felt on big break was unmatched and so in terms of like U.S. Opens too, and like in the Symmetra Tour and everything that you've, you've accomplished too in your career, um, is there a moment like as you're getting into the last day, the last three holes where you're in it and you've got a shot to win where like you're you're starting to think in those terms like, oh man, all right, I, I could actually win this freaking thing. Um, <laughs> and what does that feel like? Um, not necessarily the U.S. Open, yeah. but like the big break. Yeah. Or no, yeah. Break. I mean, and I, I can relate to that. You know, I obviously never, um, my, my best finish on the Symmetra Tour was second. And I had those feelings like, man, if I, if I do, like, I could win this. Like, I'm right here. And this would be like, you know, career changing at the time to win an event or uh, winning the big break and it, being in the moment being like, like, I can win this. Like, it's almost, I remember hitting those shots or hitting my winning putt and it almost feels like an out of body experience. And I don't know how I pulled the trick, you know, pulled yeah. the butter back. and, um, still makes me nervous thinking about it, but it's, it's a weird feeling. Um, but I think the people who are successful, um, obviously I, I won big break, but I didn't win a golf tournament. Um, uh, you know, I won mini tour stuff, but not a Symmetra tour event or LPGA, and I think people who are most successful don't get those thoughts. They kind of see them and let them go. And then they focus on what they're doing. Me, I'm over here wondering like, okay, great. Like, What's this going to, what can this do for my career? Oh, I'm going to win this golf tournament. Well, that's great. But she just birdied, you're done. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of like, I think that's the mental part of it that some people are a little better at. Um, but your mind definitely wanders, or at least mine did. And maybe that's why I wasn't as successful on some of those big wins. But with Big Break, I was fully aware of the moment and everything. So it was cool. Yeah. It's I, the thinking about Big Break, too. Like, what, so what year was that? What year was that was that you were on? 2006. So it was Big Break um, six. Four, six. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it was 2006 in the summer of 2006. And that was kind of like, I mean, it's all a blur to me now, but I feel like that's kind of just when reality shows of any kind were starting to get going. So like not a lot of people had done it yet. So the other that pressure that you're talking about on top of the fact that it's on TV and you're like, every shot is like sudden death. It was still, there weren't a thousand reality shows out there. So it was like, I, I feel like that would probably add to it. Right. Because yeah there weren't that many other things going on and everybody was like, this is different. This is new. I'm fixated on this. And so people actually remember it. Yeah. I mean, and it really like at the time it brought kind of more light to some of the um, women's golf. Yeah. Uh, it brought more spectators out to Symmetra tour events because they wanted to see big break players and they saw them on TV. And yep. it was before there was Twitter, before there was Instagram, um, all there was was like the golf channel discussion board. And that was like, you don't want to read what people had to say about that. So I can't no. like now it's, you know, like it's a blessing and a curse. Like if, if like, let's say you run big break now and became, you know, a star on that show be great because you have more connection on Instagram and Twitter, but you're also getting a lot more of that negative feedback. Right. Um, and with reality TV stuff, I mean, people have lots of things to say and, and sometimes it's not nice, but I mean, I really think it was good for golf and it was good for uh, mini tour men's golf and for women's golf. Um, I mean, Tony Finau, I mean, big break guy. So it's just yeah. Yeah. good stuff like that. There's, and they found some kind of great players, diamond in the rough, great stories. 
I think that's kind of what um, was great about Big Break is you saw the stories of the people and there's so, especially guys and girls, there's so many of these people you haven't heard of, Yeah, but they're great stories. Yeah. Which makes it more real, right? Because we, yeah. we follow these guys on tour and everybody, you, it's, it's, I think it's the connection when it's a reality show like that too. You feel like you get to know somebody on a level that we have no possible way of getting to know unless these guys are like super social media driven which i know is part of the are they still doing that is they still getting bonuses for like how much they like get active there i think they are or i don't know if that was just the last time i had heard wasn't it tiger that got it i'm not sure andy you're shaking your head did you know do you know if they're still doing that oh yeah they're the pip yeah Yeah. that's yeah that's still there i don't know if uh how much longer it's gonna continue, but it's definitely there. I know they increased the the yeah. payouts last year. I don't, That's... but yeah, and crazy so, t- incentive think... for these guys to tweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I think like full swing, right? Like I fell yeah. in love with you know. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Me obviously, like I was a fan of Finale before, but like so, uh, you know, we'll we'll get to that. Actually, let's. I've got a couple questions for you guys. Then we'll 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 sign off. We'll let everyone enjoy their evening. Get ready for the Masters tomorrow. Uh, Nance, put, put some home. put some cookies out in Milkford for Papa Nance to come by and grab. <laughs> so, um, Andy, who is your uh, or, or what are you most excited for? this weekend for master's weekend what what has you you know rubbing your hands like i just can't wait for this and it could be one thing you'd be a million things uh this specific edition i'm really curious to see how nasty this weather could be that saturday yeah. forecast of low 50s and rain they better they better play um they better yeah. not call it off if there's no lightning no thunder and provided the the course can handle this rain now if the if the course is unplayable i get it but uh you know if it's oversaturated then they can't play but if it's a constant rain and it's and it's cold for these players i want to see it that sounds a little contrarian because a lot of people watch the augustus uh augusta for the for the nice weather and the blue skies but it's not going to be like that on saturday so that's one little wrinkle um i'm looking forward to um taking a long lunch tomorrow and watching the golf. So I'm actually at the office now. I, I'll go back to work after the show to just to kind of stay ahead of the curve. Um, right. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how these master pools shake up and, and, and welcoming back, you know, Jim Nance went away for about 48 hours with his mm-hmm. farewell uh, sojourn with the March madness, but he's back in Augusta per usual. Um, and yeah, I, I know they made some changes to they made they made thirteen a little longer, yep. so it's not a it's not this guarantee where the players are gonna automatically go for two every time. So that, risk and reward. I think, yeah, and I think they might have lengthened uh, one of the other par fours on the. They back built a nine. new tee. They built a new tee box and they pushed it back like 35, 40 yards. I can't remember. I don't. Does anybody remember what hole that is? <sighs> It's like four. It's like fifteen or fourteen. It could or be fourteen because fifteen is a par a, yeah. five, so it must be fourteen. That's the the one around the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. Of like left, yeah. And that tee box is back there. It's deep. Yeah, I saw yeah. something today on Instagram. Somebody walked from basically like where the ste- the spectators are back to it, and it was a good walk. It was thirty forty five yards. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, always, you know, I could. I'll say. I'll say this every year until 
he wins. You know, we'll always want to see if Rory can mm-hmm. exercise his demons from, uh, two, I think it might have been 2010, 20, the year that Charles Schwartzel won because Rory yeah. shot the 80 on the on his final round or whatever because he, he he needs to get that career grand slam at some point. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, there's always a curiosity, intrigue factor with, with Tiger. But the way this forecast is shaping up, it, you know, Tiger needs – he has that whole warm-up routine. Cold weather doesn't really uh, see eye to eye with with his body at this point. So, um, yeah. yeah, just just those things in no particular order. I like that. Good storylines. Like Bree, what are you excited for this weekend? I, I I agree with you with the weather. I love seeing. I actually like seeing them play in the bad weather. I think yeah. it's great. I think it brings out the best players. Who's going to be mentally tough? Um, I like it. Now, would it be fun to go watch it in that and be a player? Probably not, but it's good for spectating, you know, mm-hmm. for us. It's, um, I'm excited to have all the all the players back, all the live guys back, um, see how they do. I mean, really like Cam Smith. I mean, I'm not a big live person, but I still I think he's a great player. Uh, and just seeing how that all kind of plays out and how they all play. I'm just I guess I'm here for the drama. <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the big it's the big i just i just want to see how this all pans out we just yeah. haven't seen it all together and it's just yeah it's, it's fun it's good to have everybody back um yeah i'm excited love seeing tiger play i think the weather doesn't work out well for him either mm. but who knows it's tiger you never know he's, he's not yeah. out until he's actually like yeah. mathematically eliminated in, in yeah. exactly i mean yeah. it's still tiger he'll be okay yeah, but I'd like to see them play move that tee box on 15 to the front for the weekend and play it a little shorter. It'll yeah. be interesting with it being wet. It's going to, I don't know. I like it shorter. But. Balls are just going to dent the greens and stick, but it'll make it a little yeah. bit harder to, yeah. I wonder if I could put the tinfoil hat on real quick, Gibby. Is there a chance that the PGA Tour is orchestrating this whole live thing from behind the scenes to generate this activity and this interest in the sport? And we ruled that out. Is there a possibility there? Um. I I think that's asking a lot for the PGA Tour to <laughs> to coordinate. Yeah, they yeah forward yeah, okay. thinking. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think they've done a lot of reaction, and I think this has like been a shot in the arm for the PGA Tour from everything yeah. I've read and I've seen. Right. Yeah. And what was interesting is like I think one of the reasons why Phil has and I saw this on the Golf Channel last night, like why he's been taking such a beating is like, he's taking credit for this thing happening when really it's tiger is the reason why live is happening. And it's a little bit disingenuous. It's not a little bit, it's a lot disingenuous. And, um, and so anyway, uh, so I'll, I'll digress. Um, there might be a blog post about that. Oh, it sounds like there's one. (laughs) Sounds like there's one in the hopper. I'm excited to read it. There could be one in the hopper. Uh And I'm just, I'm just stealing other people's ideas at this point. But I'll, I'll, You're not I'll supposed to properly... say that part out loud, Gibby. I told you, you got to keep that. No, back. no, no. I'll properly, um, you know, attribute and quote. Oh, but, okay. okay. Um, right. So, yeah, we're fine copyright-wise. But, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> this being said, we're wrapping up uh, One Night in Pinehurst, our master's coverage. Before we do that, Andy, Bree, Maddie, myself, we need who's wearing the green jacket Sunday night um who is who is uh putting it on and and what speech are we getting from who we'll start with you Bray. you're ready is it Sergio 
Oh, I love Sergio. I'm a big Sergio fan. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I is, and I like Cam Smith. I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I feel I'm going with Cam Smith for some reason. He's, um, he's in my mind. I'm feeling him. All right. AJ. I'm going to back up my gambling ticket and uh, say it's going to be Jordan Spieth getting the pat on the back from Scotty Scheffler Sunday night. Is there a, like a shoulder rub involved too? Nance, Nance, that's for Nance. Nance the shoulder that. rub and the pat? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can we say that's the most awkward like ceremony ever? Yeah. Like, I it mean, is. unpopular opinion, but that is super weird. They're in that weird little room that looks like your grandparents' living room <laughs> for when you went to Christmas. Yeah, it's just there's a name for it. I know there is, and I butchered. I it, feel but... like that's blessed me to say, but it I just know. feels weird. That's okay. It's, it's a bit weird. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Na- it's Nance adjacent, so Gibby's not going to be able to get on board with that take, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I love it, but it's weird. Yeah. Yes, that's fair. I think it's a good way to assess that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had, I've got a, I've had a futures bet in for a few weeks now on Cam Young, the other Cam, who I just really like his game, and I just he doesn't seem to like the pressure is not really something that ever seems to impact him. He always seems very locked in. Like him and his caddy have a great relationship. They seem to just play their game, and when he's on and he's hitting the ball, as far as anybody with iron play and he can putt he's in he's going to be in the mix so i'm sticking with him outside of that like core top group if i had to pick somebody from that core top group though i think i think rom makes a lot of sense no one's really heard about him for a few weeks he didn't you know he kind of sort of played all right at the match play and just sort of like took a week off and he's kind of been creeping since he won those events at the beginning of the year but i mean he can win like you know andy said it earlier he can win literally anytime he wants if he turns it on and he's locked in like there's not Probably anybody more talented than him right now with the ability to do what he did. Remember that the one of the one of the stops on the uh, California leg that I don't even know which tournament it was. I can't remember, but it was like a round where his back nine he shot like a twenty eight or something, and he hit every single shot. And he has that upside, so I think he's probably worth a bet in the like quote unquote favorites. What about you, Gibby? Yeah. So um, this is something I've been pretty firm on all week. I've been hinting at it all week long. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Tony Finau's turn. I think he's finally going to break through. I think we've, uh, we've been ready to see it. And um, yeah, he could, he could do it. He could do it. I think um, he's definitely got the right game for it. Obviously we talked about that a lot, but he also, um, is one of those guys who's won enough now to know what it means to win. And he's played all right when he's played in Augusta. So I think that's a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good pick there from Gibby who may or may not have just froze on us. And so we're <laughs> going to keep pressing through because, you know, we'll see if we can do this without him, but yeah, we lost him. Perfect. This is the first time this has ever happened. This is the first time we've ever lost one of the co-hosts oh. and now he's back. He's bouncing in and out. He's going to be so worried about what's happened while he was gone. <laughs> We're going to tell him that we're holding him to that Tony Fee now pick, but yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Is So we think the, um, we had a conversation yesterday about this too, about like the amateurs. And there was that story of Doug Gim and how he kind of like came on and played really well. And almost like he was like top 50 or something like that. What's the highest you think an amateur could possibly finish? I always wonder about this at, at Augusta. Is it one of those things where like they don't, what they don't know can't hurt them or do like, do you guys think it's ever possible we'll see an amateur in the top 20? 
I'm not sure. I could have sworn Hideki Matsuyama was the highest scoring amateur once because when he won a couple of years ago, they, they showed him at Butler's cabin. So you mentioned how awkward that ceremony is. Well, is. Also in that ceremony, the, 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 high, the, the best amateur is also in, in the room when the green jacket gets you know, put on and stuff. But I, I don't, I am not dialed in on, you know, the history of the amateurs at Augusta and like who, who the best, what the best score ever was of all time. But obviously it would be one of those, you know, college players that could probably flirt with, um, you know, flirt with greatness over a four day stretch. That's a good pull. I totally forgot all about that. Yeah, he stood, he was standing next to Charles in there, and uh, he was nineteen, two thousand eleven. Wow, that's a good call. There, there's a uh, the new uh, exemption for the NCAA champion. Mm. I don't know. I, I'm blanking on the, the Sarge guy's name. from Vanderbilt. Sergeant, yeah, Gordon Sargent. He is striping it. Yeah, on the range, just absolutely, sh- like just so good. So that kid's the real deal. I wouldn't be surprised if he played really well. Yeah, he's getting a lot of buzz. That's that'll be interesting to see if he can. Like I said, maybe you know they don't know. They're so young, they don't know what they don't know, and they're just playing golf and they don't care. Yeah, they they don't know. They 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 have no bad memories. They're just going out there thinking, how hard is golf? I'm playing great. Yeah, and then on Monday morning he's flying back, and all his buddies are taking him out to Tootsie's on Broadway, waiting for Um, you to get plugged in for some honky tonk and wings and and a few pops and some tunes. So it seems like the right right time for him to be alive. What a life! So. Apologies, I had a little bit of a a computer issue. The weather from Augusta got up here to me somehow. (laughs) Um, Saturday rolled in. Uh, I've got Finau winning. I don't know if we heard that, if our listeners heard it. Um, But we're we're in on Finau. Um, Anyway, Bree, Andy, this has been a pleasure. Let's not let another 20 years go by before we uh, chat again. Um, Hope everyone in your family, your friends are doing well. And uh, and take care of yourselves. And thank you so much for joining. Follow us one night in Pinehurst. Um, anything you want to plug, you can you can plug away if you want. Yeah. No, no, we were all supposed to be at the Washington Monument. I think uh, some April third, twenty twenty one, per the last page of the high school yearbook. But <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a true story. That's a what? true story. If you look, I didn't go, obviously. I think the planning committee dropped the ball there. So, <laughs> Gibby, you're the planning committee. So that Come means something's gone around. Though, man. But <laughs> Jackie Brando, that's going to ruin your night. You're going to be thinking about Let's that get all night. on the show. That's true. Oh, man. Everyone, have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks, you too. Thanks for coming. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you.